Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday. I had to look to see if it was afternoon or evening. It's always always that weird time, like, you know, 5 to 6 p.m., that's afternoon, but after six, that's evening, right? Isn't that the way you draw the distinction between uh, late afternoon and evening? Or do you call evening starting at 7 p.m.? Well, it's 6, 17 p.m. Central Time, everyone. I'm going to call that evening. So good evening, everyone. Welcome. It is Tuesday, April the 11th, 2023. It is currently 6, 17 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas where I am currently not sure exactly what to do here. I'm not sure exactly how I want to approach this. I have a new story and a podcast episode. Some may not think the two are related. I'm going to try to connect them, but I'm not sure... I think I think I have a good argument for doing so. All right. So let's start this way. When you consider the church, when you consider Christianity in 2023, if you were to write four things down, if you were to take a piece of paper, right? If you were to take a piece of paper, and I got one right here, right? If you were to take a piece of paper and a pencil, and you were to write down four things that you think describes the church in 2023, what four things would you write down? What are four things you would write down? I would write down maybe changing, because I do think a change is occurring. Now, you could argue the church is always changing, but I think it's changing in very visible ways. You could possibly put declining. Now, I just saw an article from CNN just a couple of days ago saying the demise of Christianity is, oh, is exaggerated and, and it's not. So there's some who would, uh, who would argue against that, but I think, uh, or, or I didn't say de- declining. So, uh, they, I think they, I think they did an article, something entitled, I think I saved it. Hang on. Let me see if I have it. I think I saved it in my notes. Let me see if I saved it in my notes. Um, predictions about the decline of Christianity in America may be premature. That is CNN.com. That was published just uh, a couple of days ago. So I, 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 but even though CNN seems to be uh, claiming that that may be premature, I'm still going to say changing, declining, because even, even if you say the numbers aren't declining, even if you try to make that claim, I think you could prove that its influence is declining. So I think the church is changing, it's declining. I think number three, I think I'm going to say the church is, uh, I'm going to say distracted. I'm going to use distracted. I'm going to use distracted. So I would say changing, I'm, I'm not defining what that change is, declining and distracted because I think the church is preoccupied with all kinds of things other than what we need to. And then I think, what would we put forth? 
I don't know what I would put down fourth right now. I don't know what I would put down fourth at this very moment. All right. But those are three. But I would challenge you to try to come up with four things you would use to describe the church in 2023. Right. In 2023. And of course, we're looking not only where the church is, of course, then we would take how we would describe it and then try to predict where it's going. Right. So I, I think it's changing. I, we could, I, there could be lots of debates over that, but I, I don't think there's any question it's changing. I, I stand by the fact that it's declining. I think its influence on American, America in general, the church has lost its influence. Its influence is gone. I don't care if you have, I don't care if the numbers start going back up. I think, I, I think there's going, there, Clearly about 50% of our, I, I think, let me try to explain it this way. Here's why I think that it's declining. There was a time that even those who did not go to church, who didn't necessarily even claim to be a Christian, I think they were still influenced by somewhat of a biblical Christian worldview to some level. And I think now people are much more like, I don't go to church. I hate that stuff. I, they're much more willing to just reject all of it. I think others, even though when they didn't go to church, they were still borrowing from it. So I think Christianity clearly is declining in its influence. And I think even numerically, it's declining more than people want to admit. I I, I still, I stand by that. It's changing, declining, distracted. I think there's no question about that. The church is massively distracted and we could get into to why. So those would be three ways I would write it down. I would love to get yours. And if you'd like to share them, email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Now, the reason I, I kind of want to start talking about where the church is and what is happening to the church is because I have a news article right here that was published when was this published? Today. It was published today, Tuesday, April the 11th, 2023. And here is the title. The Youth Awakening in America has begun. Now, this has a perspective of the church that something spiritual is happening. You know, we, we've been, there's been lots of talk, especially in 2023 about revival. Revival is coming to, it's sweeping across co- college campuses. Revival is coming. Revival is coming. But listen to me, listen to me. Here's my hypothesis. If revival, if in, I'm not here to try to define revival in theological terms, but just use it in a general way. Let's say some awakening is happening. Some revival is happening and young people are turning to Christianity. I think that whatever this revival is and whatever they're turning to, they're not going to turn to a historical biblical Christianity. They're turning into a Christianity that is changing. That, that whatever they're turning, whatever they are awakening to, it's not going to be biblical Christianity. Like, like there's uh, people in the church are going to get all excited going, look at all of these young people. Look at this. This is amazing. But what is going to come out of that? Let's, let's just take this article at face value. The youth awakening is happening in America. My argument would be, my hypothesis would be, is let's say that let's by let's just agree that an awakening is occurring. It's spreading across college campuses. It's spreading through Generation Z. It, it's it's like they are they they are turning to spiritual things and to Jesus and to Christianity. I think we, you can get excited. Maybe this is just my cynical, jaded nature, but I think whatever arises from it, and I don't know when we're going to see it. Twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. I think in the next five years. 
maybe 10 years, five to 10 years, we're going to look back going, well, they were awoken to something, but that's not biblical Christianity. I don't know what that is, but that's not biblical Christianity. It's something other. Now, here's a little bit from this story. Let's, let's, let's at least get a little bit of information here. All right. Looking at things through the natural eyes without faith and spiritual insight, it is not looking good for young people in America when it comes to their faith in the Lord. Now, please note the author is obviously writing from a, a certain theological perspective, but he's clearly saying, hey, if we look with natural eyes without faith and without spiritual insight, it's not looking good for the youth in America. But I think he's getting ready to make an argument. If we will look with faith, if we will look with spiritual eyes, something is happening. Something is changing, right? What is that? What is changing? What is happening? Well, let's see here. Already in 2018, Barna could report that more than any other generation before them, Gen Z does not assert a religious identity. They, they, they might be drawn to things spiritual, but, but with a vastly different starting point from previous generations, many of whom received a basic education on the Bible and Christianity. And it shows the percentage of Gen Z that identifies as atheist is double that of the U.S. adult po- population. All right. So that, that, yeah, that all sounds bad. Now he's saying it's bad because we're looking at it through natural eyes. We're looking at it through through the wrong... We're not looking at it through faith. We're not looking at it correctly. Now, let's see what he says in the next paragraph the author does here. Quoting from the kaleidoscope effect, what emerging emerging generations seek in leaders, an article on Logos.com notes that whereas 85% of the silent generation born 1928 through 1925 called themselves Christians... Just 56% of today's younger millennials, born 1990 to 1996, do the same, even though the vast majority, about 8 and 10, was raised in religious homes. Over the past 70 years, each successive generation has included fewer and fewer Christians, and the overwhelming majority of the Christians remaining today are over the age of 35. The name, the same article notes that according to Springtide Researches, the State of Religion and Young People report, nearly 40% of young people ages 13 to 25 indicate that they are unaffiliated, whether agnostic, atheist, or nothing in particular. Directly related to all of this is the finding in a 2021 Barna poll that nearly 40% of the U.S. Gen Z's, 30% of young Christians identify as LGBTQ. I want you to hear that again. Directly related to all of this is a finding in the 2021 Barna poll that nearly 40% of U.S. Gen Z'ers, 30% of young Christians identify as LGBTQ. The most recent Gallup poll put stats at about half or less than the Barna findings, but these numbers are still very significant, uh, trending dramatically higher than among older generations. Why then do I say that a youth awakening has already begun in America? It is certainly not by the way of published statistical analysis, nor is it by my own personal surveying of hundreds of churches and youth ministers in America. Instead, right, it is something I sense in my spirit. Spirit, reinforced by something I have been witnessing with increasing frequency, namely deep, powerful 
movements of the spirit among spiritually hungry young people. Added to this is the ripeness of the harvest among younger generation because of the increasing anxiety, depression, loneliness, fear, and uncertainty which they often experience. This, This makes them more open to look to God for help and transformation. Recently, Pastor Brent Simpson sent me a picture taken towards the end of their Sunday night service on January the 29th. Brent is an ordained Assembly of God minister who leads a Rise Church in Tampa with three local campuses. He also helps church planners and those working to revitalize older dying congregations in his denomination. And he has looked to me as a mentor over the years. Because of this, I've been able to see firsthand what the Spirit is doing in their midst. January the 29th was the last day of a 21-day corporate fast meaning that many of the members fasted during some of some or all of that time period, also gathering special times of prayer. At the end of the service, after I called on all, all present to surrender their lives afresh to the Lord, I then called all the young people in attendance to join me on platform from children to college students. The platform was soon packed to capacity as these young people began to cry out to God to move on their generation. And remember, they had already been to, been to a church service that morning and were now back on a Sunday night. The photo that Brent sent me epitomizes the saying that one picture is worth a thousand, thousand words. As you can see, the passion, devotion, hunger, and fervor of these kids and young adults. This was not about entertainment or hype. This was about Jesus, all for Jesus, heart and soul and mind and strength for the Lord. I then turned to those young people and said, with a full assurance of faith, look at me, I'm not dreaming. You're going to see it with your own eyes. You're going to see a great youth awakening. You're going to see it. Now, this is a lot of possible speculation. And, and, and again, I've got to be very jaded here. I've got to be very, 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 very cynical. I guess I don't have to be, but I'm just going to be. I have been hearing this kind of talk my entire Christian life, over and over and here in the 80s, a great awakening is coming, revival is coming. Hear it in the 90s, sometimes something would happen, Brownsville, Vineyard, you name whatever it was, this is it, it's here, get in now. And then and then it was Lakeland, it's always something. And, and every single time, when the dust settles, Christianity seems to be just as biblically, theologically illiterate, seems to be as perplexed and confused biblically as it's ever been. So I I am always cynical. You can sit there and go, oh, on this one service, all these people came up, but I don't know what that means other than there was an emotional experience. And an emotional experience does not equal anything spiritually meaningful. It's just an emotional experience that's there. And then it is gone. And I hate to say that, but I don't know. Do you, when you're looking at the church in 2023, do you want to put awakening, revival? I don't know. I, I don't know if I would put that in any way, shape or form. I would put changing. I would put distracted. I would put declining. I wouldn't put awakening. Revival is here. Because even if you say revival is here, how do you define revival? 
Because so many times when I hear about these revivals, just a little bit of research, just a little bit of study, and you'll start finding it ripe with theological issues. You start listening to the preaching or the people who are coming out of those revivals start talking. They're all over the place. They're all like, theologically, you're like, what in the world was that? In many cases, it's straight up heretical. Don't even get me started that that was an Assemblies of God church where, you know, I completely reject their theology outright. Outright. So so what do you think? Well, here's what's funny. So I see that article today, April the 11th, 2023. I see that. I look over to one of my podcast apps. I think it was the Apple podcast app. And I'm like, oh, I didn't hear, I did I misunderstanding the times podcast that dropped what Thursday or Friday. Like it usually drops around Thursday night, around 11 PM. Sometimes it's midnight, but it, it, it really, I guess technically is supposed to be released on Friday. That's when it shows up on all of my podcast apps. Typically I will start listening to it Friday morning, one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning. For some reason, I just forgot about it this week. And so I saw it. I'm like, oh, 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 let, let, I wonder what they talked about. So I hit play, and this is what I heard. Has your church changed recently? Do you wonder what happened? We'll talk about it. The second thing is this. It actually spans the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3, spans the history of the church age these last 2,000 years. I have no doubt whatsoever that we are living, as we'll see as I end the message later, that we're living in a Laodicean period. But we are to be Philadelphians, right? Loving God. Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Radio for the Remnant, brought to you by Olive Tree Ministries. Today, Jan talks to Pastor Mark Henry about church issues. The church today has undergone significant changes in the last 30 years. How is that manifested in your church? What are the indicators of a healthy church And when should you walk away and look for a new one? Jan and her guests discuss that this hour. Here is today's programming. Now, I literally heard that right after I read that article. So the article is like, spiritual awakening is here. You're going to see it. You're going to see a great awakening. And then I'm listening to a podcast going, hey, guys, the church is changing. It's changed dramatically in 30 years, and it's not good. You know, we, we're in the lady, you know, we're basically like the church, you know, if we go to the book of Revelation now, of course, it's, he's offering a certain interpretation there of revelation and the churches and and, uh, and revelation and you can you can look at it for yourself and see if you agree or disagree with that some people believe the churches and revelation just so that you know that they span the entire history of the church and that each church represents a certain period period in church history i i don't agree with that uh I don't agree with that interpretation but he says hey we're 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 the church age now we're in the church of Laodicea we're in that church, right? And remember, this church is because they were lukewarm, right? They were lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, I've been hearing that the church is in the church of, we're in the time of Leod, the Laodicea church. I've been hearing that basically almost my whole Christian life. Look around. Look at the church today. It's the church of Laodicea. Look at that. I've heard it. I heard it at Christian concert. I've heard it over and over and over and over and over and over. I've heard it a million times. We're in 2023. So what changed? I don't know. I don't think we can say that these represent different ages. I think 
These kinds of churches are present in every age. I think that's a correct way to interpret it, but that's neither here nor there. What I thought was interesting is clearly this one is not saying a great awakening is happening. This one seems to indicate the church is in some serious trouble. So which, what, what do you see? What, what are you perceiving? Let, let's, let's see where they go with this on this podcast episode. With all that's going on in the world around us, and I mean specifically the church, what is called the church, I don't know about you, but in Southern California, in the United States, it's getting really hard to actually recognize, locate an actual New Testament church. (laughs) New Testament, according to biblical standards, New Testament, because wokeism is not New Testament Christianity. Okay, now let's stop right here. All right. He's saying that it is hard in the United States of America to actually locate and define a actual New Testament church. That is a radically different perspective than, hey, guys, a great awakening is occurring. Now, are you saying that the church is so bad, but a great awakening is going to happen outside of the church, which will then transform the church? I don't know. Are you saying revival is starting to break out in the church that will change the church and bring the church from its non-New Testament character back into the law. I, 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 I think so. I do agree here that something has gone horribly wrong. Now, let me stop right here. He starts giving some, some things that he says are, is not, you know, New Testament biblical Christianity. And he says, wokeism is not. Let me make it very clear. If you're going to condemn churches for their wokeism or for their liberalism or for their being too liberal politically, I want to make it very clear. Conservatism is not American Christian, is not biblical Christianity either. If wokeism isn't, conservatism, republicanism is not either. See, what I think is happening is the church has become, is changing. It's becoming more and more and more political. So if a church is supposedly woke, we're like, that's not biblical Christianity. Now come to our church and make sure you vote for Trump. And don't forget, say the Pledge of the Allegiance, love the Constitution, buy a gun. And oh, look at all the American flags we have. God bless America. USA, USA, vote Republican. Okay, well, I'm sorry. That's not biblical Christianity either. All right, so so the so the thing is is hey, well, I do agree, wokeism isn't, but all of those other things aren't either, and that to me is where the how the church is changing. Its its character is being defined. The character of the church is not being defined by New Testament attributes. The character of the church is being identified by political ideology and political alignment. And when the church now is identified by a political ideology and political alignment, I'm sorry, we're in trouble. I don't want to hear if a church is woke. What I want to know is what do they believe about the doctrine of the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the inspiration of scripture? What do they, how do they understand law and gospel, et cetera, et cetera? I don't want to, I don't care to know that a church is, supports Trump, loves America, supports, you know, giving away guns to show that their support for gun ownership. I don't care about what they think about Disney or or the culture wars. I want to know what they teach theologically. But so, so frequently now, even when people talk about good churches and bad churches, the, the, the issue becomes these, these attributes that are not theological or biblical. 
That to me is a serious example of how the church has changed. Let's see what else they have to say. He's getting, he just said the church is not woke. He, uh, a, a church that has wokeism is not biblical Christianity, which I'm not disagreeing. He's just not mentioning the other side. He's focusing on things on the left, but not things on the right. Let's see it, how, uh, what other things he mentions. Right? A church that is BLM and LBGTYQ is not New Testament Christian. All right, let me make it very clear. Uh, so a church that's BLM, Black Lives Matter, that's not Christianity. Okay, a church that's Republican is not Christianity. He says a church that's LBGT, LGBTQ, or I think he said LGBTYQ, um, is not biblical Christianity. Okay, I will agree. But just because a church is straight heterosexual doesn't make it biblical Christianity. You realize a church can be just as mess, messed up and have nothing but straight people. All heterosexuals, okay? They have no L, they have no G, they have no B, they have no T, they have no Q, they have no Y. They don't have any of it. They can be just as messed up. So I don't look for a church that, oh, they're, they're LGBTQ. Oh, they're, oh, but that one is, is all heterosexuals. That, that doesn't, that doesn't fix it. What does the church teach? All right. It's just, I just want to make sure you see that. He's going to offer some more here. Christianity. A church that does not teach the Bible systematically is not a New Testament church. And of course. Oh, now, wait a minute here. Now, I wonder how many would agree with that. Can you say that church does not teach the Bible systematically? That's not a biblical church. I want you, and, and I really would challenge you to do this. I want you to go from uh, the book of Acts to Revelation and show me how the Bible is taught. Does it, does, it, does it say it's taught expositionally? Does it, taught, does it show that it was taught systematically? Does it show that it was taught topically, thematically? Now the Bible, the Word of God needs to be taught, and it needs to be taught in fullness, but does it give us specifically exactly how it, it works? I don't know if you can say that church is not. What do you mean by systematically? What do you mean by systematically? Let me, let me look here. If we just look up the word systematic, I'm going to look up the word systematic teaching. Let's look up systematic. Systematic teaching. Teaching that has a careful planned sequence, including building from uh, easier to more difficult tasks and breaking down harder skills into smaller parts. Teaching that has a carefully planned sequence. Now, I, I don't, can you, do you see that in scripture? I, I don't, I don't know if, I, hey, they don't teach systematically. They're not a good church. I, I don't <laughs> Now, see, it's one thing to say these things are not biblical Christianity, but we can't just start adding to the left. Hey, that's not biblical Christianity either, right? I mean, do we even know anymore what is or isn't biblical Christianity? Because we now, we just start adding what is and isn't by our own definition. Of course, the givens are a church that preaches the gospel, is making disciples, and baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's not happening, then you're not a New Testament church. But if we dial down on that, look at the seven letters of the seven churches where we don't have to guess. Jesus said in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, he gives you an assessment on what he's coming back for as a church and what a church ought to be. So we don't have to guess. The question is, 
Do you attend that kind of a church that Jesus approves of? Or do you attend a church because it's real big and it's got great numbers and it's got cool smoke and great lighting? Well, thank you, Pastor Jack Hibbs, for that little introduction. You're listening to Understanding the Times. Thank you for joining me. And as many of you know, we deal with church issues on this program frequently. We hear from people who are looking for a new church. They're debating whether they should leave their present church. They're asking how to approach the leadership of their church to consider certain topics. They're asking what are the essentials when it comes to selecting a new church. And some of you have spent 20 and even 30 years in a church and you have watched it change. Perhaps it has gone woke, but what does that mean? Who heard of woke even 10 years ago? No one. What does seeker-sensitive mean? And I can give you a quick answer to that. 30 years ago, the church growth movement suggested that churches cave to the culture, that they implement programs and even theologies that made people comfortable in the church, and that gospel preaching change accordingly. Much of Christendom was swept into that. After all, when leaders like Bill Hybels and Rick Warren suggest this, that was good enough for a lot of pastors. Joining me in studio for the hour is Pastor Mark Henry from Revived Church, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, northwest suburb of Minneapolis. We hold our bi-monthly Understanding the Times meetings there. We just had one a few weeks ago with Tom Hughes. We live stream these to the world, and I have asked Pastor Mark to address some of these church-related issues. He has a passion for the church and has been a pastor well over 30 years. His church was a part of a denomination until recently, and now it is more independent, I would say. Mark, welcome back into the studio. Jan, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. I gave that little introduction, so why don't I ask you some questions? Again, listeners, They fit into these categories I just talked about. What are some essentials? Folks are looking and visiting and asking questions, and we can start with some core elements of Christianity that they need to be looking for, asking about, looking at a website of a new church, important things, salvation, Trinity, Scripture alone, Jesus alone, faith alone, heaven and hell are real. Jan, when you think about theology, I always tell people to think in three circles. Circle number one, absolutely essential the core of Christianity, and the old. Okay, now, I'll stop there. I just wanted you to see, uh, and that's Understanding the Times. That's the latest episode. Please go look up their podcast, subscribe to it. I always tell people to subscribe to it. I don't always agree with all of their theology. I don't always agree with everything they say. I'm not telling you it's all every, you know, it's it's in line with me perfectly, but I always find them to be interesting. That's why we review audio sometimes from them, uh, because I always find something to talk about. But it was just fascinating that I have one article saying, the Great Awakening is here. And then everyone else is like, well, the church is in so much trouble that no one can even find one. Okay, no one can even locate. People are struggling. And then this is a a ministry where, you know, people are getting all kinds of, of, of emails. I get emails of people struggling to find churches. I get emails. I, I can't find a good church anywhere. I, and I never know what to tell people. I don't know what to tell people. But, but I, I was hearing this in the 90s of people having trouble finding the church. I was hearing this in the 2000s. And now here we are to 2023 and more people are struggling with it. And, and I don't, and I, and, and, and I don't, I don't see it getting any better. I don't think an awakening is happening. I don't think a revival is happening. I think the church is, is 
is changing. And and listen, I think the church is changing because it's becoming, it's going in these two opposite political directions. The church is becoming more political. I keep saying this over and over and over and over again. I, I, I don't think, and I think it's declining. I think more and more people are like, forget it, forget it. it I, I go to church and we've talked about it. You think about all the money these churches spend, all these money, even if the church is not going woke or going Republican, it, it stays out of that. Think of all the money and resources to keep a church operating. Now, I know this is a very 2023 way of looking at it, and maybe it's not a, a, a great way to look at it, but I just want you to think about it. Think of all the money. Time and energy to maintain building, electricity, staff, all of that. And then just consider what people typically take away from what they get on a typically a typical Sunday. Are they getting really instructed or is it just kind of like, just get, just give me, you know, here, here's a little devotional. Just give me a couple of points here. Just give me a couple of points here. You know, um, Whatever, you know, uh, oh, here's an outline. You know what? Uh, to start a new year, we need salvation. To start a new year, we need assurance. To start a new year, we need uh, to be serving Christ. To start a new year, we need to be always praying. Uh, to start a new year, uh, we need to study God's word. To start a new year, we need to, testif- we need to testify of Christ. To start a new year, we need to understand separation. To, under- to, uh, to start a new year, we need forgiveness. There you go. I mean, I like that's just a simple, basic outline, very basic points. I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with any of that. But in many cases, if you go to the text that they provide, the text will have a million issues that we should be looking at. And you have to struggle. I am I, more and more convinced more and more people don't want all of that. They just want something. They just want, they just want it simple. They just want you to open the Bible, give them a nice little sermon. Don't keep them too long. Oh, they may say they want a little bit more depth, right? So so it's always a hard balance, right? Because if you get too shallow, too simple, they'll get, uh, they'll get, they'll complain. If you go full blown in depth, then that's too much. So you got to make sure it's perfect. And I, and, and, and I, I, I don't really know what people want. I don't. So I think the church is changing. The church is declining. And I think the church is distracted. The church is involved in culture wars, politics, whatever, whatever else is going on. So what do you think? What do you think the church is? Do you think like this podcast, the church is changing and it's bad? Or do you think, guys, it's happening. Revival is happening. Where do you think we are? I would love to get your thoughts. And I'm just going to leave it there for this evening for now. I may be back later tonight to do some more uh, broadcasting. Going to just do a little bit of relaxing this evening, and then maybe I'll come back around 10 p.m. Maybe we'll throw in a broadcast, 10, 10 p.m., 10.30. It'd be awesome if I could finish the night out with something. But I just wanted to kind of present this to you today. That's understanding the times. Go listen to everything they have to say, all right? And if there's anything in this episode, this understanding the times episode that you're like, oh, you got to get to the... 25 minute mark or you got to get to the 45 minute mark i want you to talk about that let me know what it is i would love that's understanding the times you can find it any of your podcast apps and in that article uh, that we read from just so that you know that article that we read from is found at the christian post and i think i closed it and uh, it talks about a great away i think it's right there on the uh 
side. Let me, let me see if I can find it. I don't know why I closed it out. Um, probably because I felt that I was done with it. All right, let me go. Christian Post. Here we go. Christian Post. If you if you go to the Christian Post and you scroll down, it's the Youth Awakening and America has begun. It's about midway through the page on the right. Just a little thing there. Now you can you can read the article, you can compare it with that podcast, and you can draw your own conclusions. But I, I would love for you to give it some thought today. And I, remember, I want your four four things you would you would write down to describe the church in 2023. What are four things you would write down to describe the church? All right, I'll stop there. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday evening. And if you would like, be back around, I don't know, maybe 1030, 1015, 1020, 10 something. That's the plan. And uh, well, we'll talk about something. Maybe we'll do something. Maybe, maybe, if you want. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a wonderful night. God bless.